Welcome to Two Men On, ladies and gentlemen. 110%. Kill the cards. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Tell where you are. I was telling you suck. You know what? I, I quit. I really quit. <laughs> the Kwame Brown of fantasy baseball. I'm old enough to somebody to say that. Wayne's World Party Con, right? You're regretting this already. <laughs> Which two men are on? T-M-O, baby. That's hot. Universe, and welcome to this special holiday edition of Two Men On. That's right, we're back in the saddle. I'm your co-host Scotty Wampler, as always, with uh, Johnny Holmes. How you been, man? What's going on, Scotty? It's uh, let's see, noon on a Friday. Uh, we like to do this at lunch. Apparently, um, it's a <laughs> lot colder now than it was this summer. This is true. This is very I wish true. Those, uh, yeah. I wish the uh, 90 degree weather was back, and um, but I mean, hot stove. Uh, we have to talk about. We have a couple new leagues uh, to discuss. Um, you know, I'm just excited to be back and uh, talking to everybody. Uh, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. We uh, you know we have a a pretty um, pretty darn stocked show today. It's uh, I don't know how long it's going to take us to get through all this stuff. Uh, everybody listening may be here for a while. You might want to throw this thing on your iPod uh, this time <laughs> and uh, take a listen on your way to work or something. I don't know if it's something you'll be able to sit through in 25 minutes, as has been our normal routine. But, uh, yeah, of course, as Johnny mentioned, uh, we're going to delve a little bit into um, things non-BDL this time. A couple new leagues that we have going on and... And well, I shouldn't say a couple. Really, one's just a new league. The, um, the hoops league actually been around for a couple years, but um, kind of taking things more seriously this year. But uh, anyway, just to catch up a little bit, Johnny. I mean, um, how, how's the how's the Christmas season looking up in uh, in Philly? Have you got your shopping done? I have uh, zero shopping done. Zero. Um, no, I got Kristen one one thing, and uh, I think this weekend we're gonna we're gonna try to do a little shopping, but. Um, the following weekend, we go and cut down our tree. It's been a little tradition for a few years mm. now. Um, that's like my favorite part of Christmas. Um, yeah, we, we normally put our trees up, and, and we did our, our tree up, and we did this year um, the day after Thanksgiving. That, that's kind of our our little tradition. But uh, yeah, my family is 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 the worst for being impatient with Christmas gifts. Um, you, you end up getting and giving, uh, you know, things early sometimes. And uh, one thing I've, I've actually already received um, this holiday season is a PlayStation 3. And, <laughs> and I, I've, been, I've been quite quite the busy wampler here, here in the past um, couple of weeks. Uh, you know, really, I guess since, um, you know, Joe Beth and I started a family and we've, had, we've got a couple kids now, I, I've really just spent most of my time with, with my Nintendo Wii when it comes to gaming, I mean. And... Um, you know, we, we just you know we we've enjoyed a lot of the, the pick up and play and, and put them down kind of games. You know, uh, Mario Kart and, and and that's you know that sort of thing. Something that we can just kind of pick up and then leave just quickly. You don't have to invest a lot of time in. But man, I have 
become a Call of Duty addict <laughs> in, in about 14 days time. I, I, I Black think, Ops, that's all I hear about. I, th <laughs> I, I, th I think my marriage is about to dissolve, actually. Oh. She can get, she can hang out with the Miz. <laughs> with the Miz. Yeah, but, uh, you know, speaking of the kids, uh, Catherine turned three years old yesterday, and this is so sad. I realized, I realized yesterday on her birthday, the Generals have not made the playoffs since she was born. <laughs> How sad is that? I don't think it's it's not her fault. I wouldn't blame her, Scotty. Is that what you're doing? I, I'm, you're I'm blaming, blaming daughter? my daughter and subsequently my son. That's right. And I mm. don't care whether Craig buys that or not. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of talk. This might be the most talked about subject from our, sh our show uh, <laughs> later on. Uh, so I hear you've it's been... Good, though, uh, that, that, well, it's good that we ha you have a, you're a busy wampler. Because <laughs> well, nobody likes an idle wampler. That, that, that I am, that, that's for sure. But I hear you've been um, you've been branching out your league offerings a little bit into something a little more uh, uh, physical than uh, than fantasy. Uh, what you got going on there? League offerings? You talking about kickball? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Myself and uh, another member of the league, uh, Chris Wallison, um, new owner of the uh, uh, formerly Helsinki Falcons, Milwaukee Beers. We. Um, we play kickball together. Uh, I was unable to make last night's game, but apparently we won 15 to one. Um, it's a lot of fun. It was a lot more fun when it wasn't so cold out. Um, but uh, the team's great. Uh, I met a lot of nice people. Um, I think we might try to switch it up next year, do a little volleyball or something. But um, overall, I can't complain. Uh, it's it's got Chris and I closer, so um, <clears throat> I always thought he was a pretty cool dude and. Uh, we became better friends. I figured I'd invite him to the league, but we'll uh, we'll talk about that later. Cool, cool. All right, guys. Coming up on today's TMO holiday special, the Thundercats and the King Crabs try to hang on to their BDFL playoff hopes. Could the Atlantic Division really be any worse? Plus, <laughs> the Hickory Woo writes the textbook on spending cheap and winning big. Also, we're going to analyze the potential damage dynasty and much, much more. But first, Johnny, it's time to formally say sayonara to a bona fide BDL legend. Um, in September, two-time BDL champion Ernest Bjorkle decided to call it a day, uh, retiring from active league, league competition. Ern was really a fierce competitor. He, he really was. And I think in a lot of ways he, he epitomized what makes a BDO manager um, successful. And that's, you know, an unending desire to win. He, he never seemed content to, you know, rest on, on the laurels of his, of his success, even after winning back-to-back -back championships in uh, 06 and 07. He was always tinkering, always planning his next move, and maybe most memorably, <laughs> always being written off by the league's talking heads. You know, he really was. But he, you know, he, he stepped out this past September, keeping intact his perfect playoff streak. The man never allowed his Falcons 
to miss the playoffs, and I, I think that's remarkable. He's an out, he was he was an outstanding general manager, and on, on top of all those things, he he's just a really decent guy, and someone I already miss a a whole whole lot around here, and we really real really will miss you uh, miss you, Earn. Johnny, what 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 are your thoughts on on the impact Earn made on the league during his five year tenure? Yeah, I mean, uh, talking about going on on top, I mean, always making the playoffs, always. Um, proving the doubters wrong. I mean, we, we've had a lot of people <clears throat> leave the league, and uh, typically, while I might think they're nice enough fellows, um, you know, I usually forget about them the next day. Um, I don't think I'll ever forget about Earn um, because he was a uh, like such a fierce competitor, like you said. Um, here, since uh, basically the inception of the, the new BDL, uh, post-05, um, one of those guys that... Uh, you always try to compare yourself to. Um, he set the standard the first two years with two titles. Um, you know, he became a pretty good friend. I, uh, you know, he's definitely gonna be missed. And uh, you know, I hope he hope he's listening. Um, and uh, that's something I'm proud of to to have shared the playoff streak with him because, uh, you know, I mean, that's who you try to. Th those type of managers are who you try to kind of compare yourself to. Um, and uh, he was valued and will be missed sorely. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, to, to, to kind of give, give Earn the, the, the proper send-off here on, on, on the show, we're going to do it TMO style <clears throat> and give you the TMO top five all-time Earn-isms. Johnny, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's, let's hear him. Number five, quote, I say we give the Rockets a pair of Mafia boots and place him in deep waters. <laughs> that was funny. Number four. Finnish women are so good looking and hot, but to be married to one is the road to suicide. <laughs> Number three. Johnny, didn't you just get married? Write to Dear Earn, and I will give you some hints what to do. <laughs> he was always giving me hints. He was giving me hints on on women, on kids. I don't have kids, but he wants me to have kids. <laughs> he's, made, he's made it known that he wants me to have kids. Um, and uh, what else? What else is he giving me advice on? Basketball, for sure. Even though it doesn't show this year, I'm sorry, Earn. Um, <laughs> You're, yeah. you're, you are not making him proud in the BDBA. Well, it's it's dynasty, right? It's a, I got I got I'm learning this year. <laughs> True. Number, I followed the numbers, Aaron. I followed the numbers. <laughs> Number two, yak. You bitches smell too bad, and that woo dude looks like he has a fake prison tan. <laughs> Sorry, John. I had to. I had to. Number one, there's something wrong with this beer, Smiley. My monitor gets full of slime when I try to drink it. <laughs> we will miss you, Ern. We really will. Um, we wish you the best. I don't know what you're doing with surely all of your mega free time these days away from the Black Diamond League, but um, we, we do wish you the best, and, and you are missed. Yeah, you're irreplaceable, basically. No no one can come in and, and take his place. Um, he's going in the, the Wall of Fame, 
and uh, you know, hope to hear from you again soon. Also, you know. Absolutely. Okay, Johnny. To transition to uh, to video matters here, um, in league video matters anyway. The NorCal Damage just completed um, their second of back-to-back -back titles in 2010, and and this time in very very convincing fashion, uh, walloping the Baltimore Epidemic ten to nothing in the uh, BDLCS, the Championship Series. Uh, or, or, or earlier this uh, or this past fall, um, I guess the question is, with with, with the damage in the, in the shape that they are, the quality team that that is, are we seeing a dynasty in the making here, Johnny? I I think so, 100. percent I mean, from from one championship champion earned to uh, to Bill and NorCal, um, he's certainly not uh, letting down the uh, the um, the past of the of the league and, and what he's done um, he he's constantly building his minor league system it's always one uh, that you'll envy um, he set records and we'll go through them all of them this yeah. year yeah I, I don't that, I don't think that there's any and not to interrupt you but I don't think there's really any question that the 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 2010 campaign for the NorCal damage was the most statistically impressive um, campaign for any team in, in BDL history. I, I don't think that anyone is going to question that 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 statement. And yeah, you know, why don't you take us through some of those achievements right now? Yeah, I mean, statistically, uh, with the stats on the field, with the players, and then also it showed up in his record, but big time. I mean, it, a lot of guys can have good stats. You know, you finish a week. Uh, six four. He, uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous. He set a new winning percentage record, uh, which a, a lot of people, I mean, said it's going to be tough to do. A lot of people thought that, um, you know, we we kept increasing this win percentage, win total uh, record, and and it's going to get harder. They say it's going to get harder to do. So that just speaks to uh, how good his team actually is. That they've got the new win percentage record. New regular season wins record with 152. Um, new playoff winning percentage record with uh, a 900 playoff winning percentage. Yeah, and that and includes. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, just, go ahead. To go back just a second, I you know I, I, I really keep wondering how how many times that that the regular season winning percentage record and, and the the record for most wins in a regular season can continue to go up because you know I really thought we were hitting a ceiling uh, two years ago. You know, I, I thought with with the amount of parity, um, you know, in the league, that you know there there wasn't so much parity several years ago, but it you know it, it's it's you know it's it's increased in the last you know couple years and um, really with with your last uh, couple teams um, or, or the the uh, like the 08 and the 09 killer cars um, as well as the damage there in 09, I thought we were really seeing a ceiling for you know for those records but you know the damage is just proving that to be crap because I 740 is ridiculous <laughs> I know I mean you've got 21 weeks 10 wins uh, available per week I think a lot of these teams are showing that um, you know that might be the ceiling you know they're putting together these teams and these 
consecutive weeks that um, are astonishing. Uh, it would defy logic. Is is I know a lot of people like yourself are, are thinking like can't go up any higher. Um, I know I try to make it higher, but how high can it go? I, I really don't know. Um, one of the thing was in his playoff run, he went eight and two one week, and then ten zero in the finals. That was one of six shutouts on the season for the damage. Setting a new mark for total shutouts. He did it in one season. He had three in a row. I mean, that's yeah. just ridiculous. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I just get done talking about parity, and then you throw that stat out there and, and make me look a fool. Uh, clearly, the league does not sport as much parity as I, as I would like to believe with, you know, one team. Um, logging six shutouts in the same season. I'm beginning to wonder, frankly, if shutouts is a statistic worth tracking anymore. Because, I mean, you know, the, the, at the rate these teams are getting blown out, I, granted, it, it's mostly, the, you know, the top-tier teams are doing it, and in this particular case, it's just, you know, it's just the one team, the damage. Um, but six in a year, that's just incredible to me. Uh, Bill has done such a fantastic job with that squad. Yeah, I wouldn't discount that stat. I wouldn't. I also wouldn't discount what he's doing and say he's playing in the West because uh, there's been a lot of that talk, you know, with the West not uh, being an elite division or whatever. I think. I mean, I think he he does this in any division. To be honest with you. That well, I, I I would probably disagree with that. I, you know what. I'm not, you know, we, we all joke, we all joke about the West, and it, it's 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 funny, and in 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 some respects, there's there's some you know um, truth there, but you know, and I, I don't believe that that the the West is such a large contributor, or his his presence in the West is such a large contributor to his steamrolling the league as probably as it's made out to be. Um, fact of the matter is, he, uh, you know, the damage. They're just a really, really well-built squad, and I, I, I do believe uh, playing, you know, just take take the, my division for instance, the East. You know, if if the damage, you know, if, if they were in the East, I, I don't think that he would have, certainly not have logged 152 wins last year, uh, or, or this this past season. Um, you know, he, he, I mean, the, yeah, it could be argued. I could see that. Yeah. Let's see what else we got here. For the year, um, he said uh, many, 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 many um, statistical category records, um, annual records, uh, playoff records um, for his players and what they did. Uh, set a new K record, uh, 1,793 Ks in a season. Um, I think that's that's probably the key to his um, success is just that deep deep quality pitching staff. I mean, a lot of teams try to run out of deep pitching staff, but uh, nobody has the quality that, that he does. Um, he set the, the playoff win mark um, with that pitching staff uh, for eight in a week, eight wins in a week. Uh, the save mark in the playoffs uh, for nine saves in a week. Um, I'm going to quickly run through the stats he led uh, during the season, he led the league in runs, hits, home runs, RBI, stolen base, 
average, slugging percentage, OPS, quality starts, complete games, wins, strikeouts. That it's just. I mean, a, is that all of them? That, is that, <laughs> I I hope <laughs> for the for the sake of the rest of the league, I hope uh, going forward. But you know, I with that with that kind of dominance and, and you know in, in uh, giving this this discussion some context, I, I think it would be good to kind of clarify maybe what what may be considered to be a dynasty. What what would make the damage a dynasty? Because if we're discussing whether or not he is, then I guess we can say that two consecutive championships probably does you know at least in the context of fantasy sports probably does not constitute a dynasty. But what does Johnny does? three consecutive titles does three titles in four years. What, what is your thought? Well, I think, to me, for sure, a three-peat would be a dynasty. Um, if you have two titles and you make the playoffs for five years, you know, that's, that's pretty close, too, I think. I mean, um, dominance, maybe, I don't know if you consider division titles, um, a dynasty, but um, he's certainly on his way with with the with the championships. He's got as good a chance next year as anyone. Um, he's certainly the favorite in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think w without question, um, if if the if the damage were to, you know, capture a a, a third consecutive championship, then you know it, 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 that will be a BDL dynasty for. For all ages, <laughs> not that the you know the league has been around for too many years. We're you know we'll be entering our what the sixth, uh, sixth, seventh year, I guess. Yes, uh, seventh year coming up in 2011, and um, you know three three titles in a row out of, out of a seven year chunk. That's that's just it's incredible if he, if he can pull that off, and you know it, it's going to be very interesting to watch. And that really leads us into kind of another question is. You know, we look at the damage, and they do enter 2011 as the the odds-on clear favorite to repeat yet again as champions. But is there a clear number one challenger to the damage in 2011? Do you think, Johnny? No, I I, I agree. <laughs> that's completely. my simple. That's I my do. simple answer. Yeah, I I don't. You know, you, you kind of have you kind of have the damage up on that pedestal. You have a clear second tier of teams. And then you know, kind of your your your, you know, middle middle road teams. Um, I don't see one single team that I, I can point to and say, yeah, they're they're going to give the damage a run. Not not a single team. You know, we we know anything can happen in the playoffs. Anything, but I know, think I think there's teams that that could give them a chance. But like like we're asking, I don't think there's a clear number one challenger. Oh, absolutely. Like, there there are there are I, two to three teams that are going to pose a a fairly you know good good challenge to, to to the damage. There are another couple that maybe could with you know some some moves. Uh, but that's really about it. And and there's no I don't think there's any clarity at all to you know who who that number one challenger may be. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll echo it and I, and I'll give you an example. Like, I beat the damage this year in the regular season. I'm really really proud of that, especially considering it halted their win streak, um, which yeah. which I currently hold. I, I don't hold many records anymore after after this year. But 
I couldn't make it to the finals because we got teams like the Epidemic, the Rockets are now there, you got the Dogs, of course. Um, there are, there's a group of teams that could challenge, um, as evidenced by my beating him, but will we, or, or is there a clear number one? I don't think so. No, I mean, you know, the, the, the killer cars and the Bulldogs are, you know, they're, they're kind of about even in, in my view, in terms of uh, being contenders next year. And, and you have, you know, the beers, um, you know, Chris, they're taking over for, uh, earn into the season, um, tied for fourth in the league power rankings. But, you know, there, there's, there's just too many questions, uh, really to, to peg them as a potential, um, challenger right now, because you don't really know what, what the team's going to look like next year, or what kind of moves are going to be made. And I'm taking a, a, a let's wait and see approach on the beers right now. Uh, I think the epidemics certainly have a shot, um, to catapult themselves into that very upper echelon, and I don't want to, um, you know, you know, short them at all. They, uh, you know, the, the team obviously contended for the title um, this past season and, and and advanced all the way to the championship sh uh, championship series, but um, uh, you know there there are improvements to be made there, and it's just a matter of will they capitalize on them? And I think knowing math, there's a good chance that they're going to. Uh, make an effort to do that. So that's, that's kind of my view on, on that. But, you know, as we've discussed, there's no, the, I don't, there's certainly not a clear, certainly not a clear challenger, not even a clear, you know, number two or three in the, in the league next year. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested again. I, um, in my division personally, um, I thought I was going to have a pretty tough time, um, coming out of the North, um, kind of waiting to see what, what Joe and Brent do? Um, sorry, Kevin. I, I I'm gonna wait a few more years on you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, I don't know. I'm just open to win the North again and get another shot. You know, um, you never know who's coming out of the East. Um, and like you said, the South is kind of it's always been there uh, with Ern and Mark. Um, now we got some new blood in there, and you certainly can't predict that. I, I wouldn't think. Okay, guys, we're going to transition into the BDL. I'm sorry. Wow. Transition into the BDFL playoff preview. Uh, we're going to look at the teams that, that are still alive in the uh, BDFL. And as we are closing in on the end of the regular season here, uh, coming up this weekend, uh, you're probably listening to this broadcast um, the weekend that the final week of games are being played, or maybe just afterwards. Um, there are seven teams that are still alive. And we're going to go over those and, um, and and discuss that in just a moment. But uh, I want to take just a second to uh, uh, to discuss one uh, one other thing, Johnny. You kind of have a, a a moment to celebrate in regards to the BDFL, I believe. Uh, you were asking uh, er earlier this week about Michael Vick's um, <laughs> eligibility to be to be kept on your squad because he was signed. Um, from the free agent wire after our draft, and of course I clarified from the rule book for you that uh, he indeed may be kept and had a very, very cheap cost to you. Vic was signed in week two of this BDFL season, the inaugural BDFL season. You're eligible to keep Vic 
for a 15th round pick next year. How does that sound, bro? Huh? <laughs> uh, well, it sounds great. Um, I thought we had 20 rounds, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But uh... Uh, We drafted 17 rounds. Um, Is that what it was? We, we drafted 17 rounds, and your, your first, your first, um, the first year that you keep somebody, you uh, give up a, a pick two rounds above where he was drafted, or if it was a, a, a free agent player, it is assumed that he was drafted in the last round, that that's how we treat it. And so, gotcha. considering round uh, 17 rounds, you would uh, surrender your 15th round pick. Now, why that's significant, let me give you a little more context. Of course, Vic was signed in week two by uh, uh, the Johnny, uh, Johnny, Drama, uh, blah, 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 Johnny Drama's victory, uh, signed in week two, you started him that week in uh, in the flex position versus the rubberneckers. He was your highest scoring player that week. 26 points, two touchdowns. Uh, you won that matchup 118 to 97. Fast forward almost to the end of the season. Vic is the highest rated fantasy quarterback in our league along with Phillip Rivers. They both have 266 fantasy points as of today. In fact, only Adrian Foster, running back, with 276 fantasy points, tops those two players in our scoring system. And you get to keep that fellow for a 15th <laughs> round pick. Congratulations, Yeah, that makes me pretty friend. happy. <laughs> I imagine yeah, it may. thank you. I mean, very happy considering, like, I took two quarterbacks in the first three rounds. Both are out. I mean, they've been out all year. Mm -hmm. Vic's been carrying my team. I think he's he's the reason um, my my record is what it is at this point. The rest of my team's just been steady. Um, but if I hadn't had a quarterback, I mean, even Henny went out, and uh, I mean, all three of the quarterbacks I drafted would have been gone. Um, not to mention he's a, he's an eagle at least for this year, um, and uh, I'm completely thrilled. Uh, <laughs> no doubt, I you think are. he's my my lone shot in the playoffs here, which. <laughs> we will discuss. Okay, as I mentioned, there are seven teams that are still alive um, in the BDFL this year. I want to go over them right now. Uh, the Wolverines, they have clinched the Central Division. Johnny Drama's victory, they have clinched the Pacific Division. I'll give this to Craig. He's right. I get I get in the division with all the soccer teams. I would like to know I, how I that I happens. I, I don't... It, Whatever. The I'm extremely fortunate. <laughs> Brent, Joe, all y'all, you stink. <laughs> the uh, the Pillagers have clinched at least a wild card, and they currently lead the Arctic Division via the head-to-head -head tiebreaker over the Slate Rock and Gravel Company. Uh, Slate Rock also is one of the seven teams still alive, of course. They have clinched a playoff berth. Um, the Pillagers and Slate Rock play head-to-head -head in the final week of the season this weekend. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that turns out. That's a very interesting race there. But they've both already clinched, so not a whole lot of drama. It's just a matter of seeding at this point for those two teams. The Wicker Park Whiteys, they have clinched the wild card. They cannot win the division. And here is the most interesting uh, storyline of the final week, at least to me. Um, the Thundercats, 
currently lead the Atlantic Division via the head-to-head -head points tiebreaker over the King Crabs, who hold the same record at uh, six and six. The King Crabs must win the division to make the playoffs. They have already been eliminated from the wild card. Uh, of course, as as have the Thundercats been elim uh, eliminated from the wild card. But here's how the scenarios would play out for that particular matchup. Or they, not matchup, they don't play head-to-head -head this week, but uh, that particular race. The Crabs win the Atlantic Division with a win and a Thundercats loss. The Thundercats win the Atlantic with a win or if both teams lose their Week 13 <coughs> matchups. So that is a very um, uh, interesting storyline, if, if, if I uh, do say so myself, Johnny. Yeah, I like the Thundercats, ho. Ha <laughs> Dork. Well, we're all dorks. We're, <laughs> we're almost ready to talk. We're almost ready to talk wrestling on this fantasy podcast. <laughs> you know it. We're very much dorks. Um, so those are the seven teams that are still alive, and if you look at the power rankings, as well as the breakdown rankings for the league right now, they're very similar. Um, the top teams via the three, or via, via three major uh, comparisons, breakdown, power and overall points scored are the Wolverines, the Pillagers, and actually a wildcard team, the Whiteys, in that order. Um, looking at, at the breakdown, and I think these numbers are very interesting, Johnny. The Wu tops everyone except the Whiteys. The Whiteys best in 5-6-1. And the Pillagers, which they tie with, 6-6. Six, six. Overall, the Wu has a breakdown record of 89, 41, and 1. Now, the Whiteys are undefeated in the breakdown uh, standings, though they have a worse record than the Wu at 81, 49, and 2. Now, the Pillagers only lost to the Whiteys, 5-6-1, via the breakdown, but have a better overall record than the Whiteys at 86, 44, and 2. Yeah, it gets muddy. Also, the Pacific Division winner, um, Johnny Drama's victory, lost to all three of those teams, the Wolverines, the Pillagers, and the Whiteys, in the breakdown, all five to seven. And looking yeah, at the... We're, we're talking breakdown here. Right. This uh, is I the, lost to the Wolverines yes. in, uh, in actual play, but I beat those other two mother... <laughs> I, I beat them down. Well, yeah, this is, of course, you know, the, I, I, I personally think I, the breakdown is, is one of the most compelling things to track all season long in, in any league because it, it's, you know, it, it's a very accurate portrayal of, you know, the, the, the shifts in, in power, you know, because anything can happen in those head-to-head -head matchups, anything. And, but when you track... The, wait a second, wait a second. Can I, can I interrupt? Go right ahead. Are you, are, are you in the East? Are you in the East Division? Where you said he, these breakdown matchups don't matter at all? No, 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 no. I, I didn't say they don't matter. They're, it, it, it's compelling <laughs> to track them. Uh, you know, I mean, anything can happen during any given week. That uh, obviously, obviously, your <laughs> your actual head-to-head -head record. You know, that's all that counts, and that that's all that matters. But you know, 
when we have you know like this slate of teams that we're looking at and especially at the, at the top of, of the BDFL you know the, the Wolverines the Pillagers and the Whiteys um, in, in terms of strength you, you kind of have to delve a little deeper to compare them because you know you you lose track of things to compare them to when when, when they're all so similar to in strength um, you may not agree with that but um, so says I actually I, I pretty much I pretty much agree with the breakdown rankings I would put um, even though his points four aren't as high as um, the Wu or the Wolverines and the uh, Pillagers, I'm gonna. Uh, I mean, I'm. I rank the Whiteys first. If we're we're saying best teams going into playoffs, I mean, in football, I respect what Craig can do. Um, uh, the the Wolverines and the Pillagers are right there with them, uh, but I put Wolverines two, Pillagers three. Hmm. Um, I think the breakdowns pretty much have, has it right, though. Yeah, and just to touch on the uh, the two Atlantic Division uh, teams, the, the uh, King Crabs and the Thundercats, uh, via the breakdown they lost to to all four of the previously mentioned teams: the Wu, uh, excuse me, the Wolverines, the Whiteys, the Pillagers, and Johnny Drama's victory. Um, <laughs> the Atlantic Division doesn't have much of a shot. Whoever whoever comes out. Uh, of that division to make the playoffs, um, they they have a um, tough road to hoe. Let me just put it that way. Um, just to take a quick glance at how playoff seedings would look minus the Week 13 results. Of course, we don't have those yet. Week 13, uh, 13 games will be played this weekend. Um, but as of right now, the playoff seeds look like this. This could be a potential preview. The number four seeded Thundercats would face the number five seeded Slate Rock and Gravel Company. The number three seeded Pillagers would face the number six seeded Wicker Park Whiteys. And of course, the number one seeded Wolverines and number two seeded Johnny Drama's Victory would receive buys um, with. Uh, Johnny Drama's victory holding a seeding tiebreaker over the Pillagers right now via their head-to-head -head matchup. Um, just to look back at, at what happened earlier in the season for those particular matchups, in the 4-5, the Thundercats and Slate Rock. Uh, Slate Rock won that matchup in Week 9, uh, just barely, 77-44. to In the 3-6 matchup, uh, Pillagers and Whiteys, in week seven, uh, the Whiteys won one seventeen to one oh five. So that's that's what we're looking at right now, minus week thirteen. So, uh, I mean, Johnny, what is your overall opinion of what we're looking at going in, going into the week thirteen games here, and, and what do you expect to see uh, coming out and, and, and looking forward, or, or, or looking forward to the uh, to the playoffs, which start next weekend? Well, let me ask you a question first. Sure. Um, do we recede during the playoffs? Yes. Or or am I matched up against either the Pillagers or the Whiteys in the second round, according to this? Uh, I've, I have not done the math, but we do we do recede each, oh, okay. each round. Yes. I, I think I'd be screwed either way. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, if we're looking at the matchups, uh, Slate Rock and Gravel, I'd have to give the edge over to Thundercats just because of their, their record. Um, their previous win, 
Um, they could still win that division and uh, actually move up to the three spot. Is that correct? The th uh, yes. Sleep rock. Yes. Yes. Yes, they could. Possibly. Again, these are very preliminary, you know, minus week 13 results. And I should inject while we're talking about it, the there has been one um, one game, one Thursday night game played <coughs> already for week 13. Um, and in the Thundercats matchup, they are matched up this week against the Monsters of the Midway. Uh, the Monsters are up 20 to nothing right now. Um, now, the Thundercats have not put anybody on the field yet. I think all of their games are on Sunday. They, they may have a Monday night game. I'm not sure. But um, uh, the Monsters are up 20 to nothing. That's via one player. I forget off the top of my head who it was. That's 20 points via one player. So very interesting there. Uh, Thundercats may be leaving the door open actually for the King Crabs to, to slip in there and, and um, possibly enter the matchup against uh, Slate Rock or maybe the Pillagers. I want to say this. If the King Crabs make the playoffs, they're going all the way. <laughs> thank you, sir. <laughs> I doubt that, but thank you very much. Do you have, Mr. Holmes, a BDFL championship prediction? Yeah, well, uh, if I pr predict the other uh, the other matchup, Whiteys, I'm going to go Whiteys over Pillagers, and I think the Whiteys um, take it through to the championship. Hmm. Craig, Craig has a, a good feel for what wins... And, uh, you know, maybe I'm underestimating the Pillagers and the Wolverines. Um, but I, I can't bet against Greg here. I, too, have the Pillagers in the BDFL championship matchup. However, I am taking the Wolverines over the Pillagers in that matchup for our inaugural championship. That's my call. How many predictions have you gotten right? Um, about 10%. All time. I think I'm close to that. I think I'm close to that, by the way. So hopefully <laughs> I win. That's what I'm hoping for. We'll see. Let's just hope Michael Vick stays healthy and uh, all these games matter for him coming down the stretch. And uh, that's where my heart will lie. Whatever. Virginia Tech sucks. Whatever. Okay, guys. Um, moving into a BDL... Draft Retrospect, Diamonds in the Rough. Johnny's going to lead us through this segment in just a few minutes. We considered going over previewing the upcoming BDL draft, but uh, kind of backed off that idea. It's a little bit risky, if you know what I mean. Um, so we're going to take a look here at various draft choices from past years that have turned out to be, to be very key choices for, for some of these teams. So, Johnny, why don't you take us through some of those? Yeah, I mean, um, in looking at the upcoming draft, I it's just tough. You've got 23 of the first 16 picks. <laughs> and um, the, I've never liked doing stuff like that, you know, previewing, um, <clears throat> giving, giving out my, my true thoughts of what, how I feel about these guys. Um, to be honest with you, it's the reason I didn't do the free agent fiesta with, with Matt. I think he does a great job with that, and uh, I'm watching very uh, closely. But... Uh, I'm just paranoid. I don't like telling people what I think is going to happen. You know, I'd rather talk about what is happening and uh, let's see what is happening. Um, actually, I've had a few questions about the upcoming draft because um, we have a few new guys in the league. Um, 
and they're trying to gauge, you know, where a guy's going, you know, what kind of value is out there. And I'm like, you know, it's all over the board. Um, look at the major league draft. We're, we're basically drafting those players now, but there's, there's a lot of other, a lot of other talent out there. And if you can grab some value, like we're going to talk about, I mean, I think you're going to do good for yourself. Uh, we've got five rounds, and there were some real gems uh, in past years in each and every round. I mean, let me go over the first round, you know, locks and, and players who have really made an impact for their team. Um, maybe you could give me your thoughts on on the um, the team who drafted them. And, uh, and um, so here goes. Steven Strasburg, 1.1. One, uh, 1. He, he, he was drafted first overall this past year, along with uh, Eroldis Chapman by the Cramps. Um, those two guys immediately came up, um, made an impact in their first year. Um, in prior years, Carlos Santana has been drafted in the first round, Buster Posey, Nelson Cruz. These guys have all made huge impacts this year, uh, along with Giovanni Soto, Hiroki Kuroda, uh, and Brett Anderson. Um, if you're able to snag these guys, um, it's like two or three a draft. You know, mm -hmm. 16 picks in the first round, two or three of them are going to be there, uh, apparently, helping each t helping your team if you can find them. Yeah, and, you know, you look at some of those, those top high-end picks, you know, Strasburg, you know, kind of sticks out there, and um, it's such a, such a, such a shame for the cramps, you know. I mean, you still we still, we don't know what what's going to become of Strasburg, and it, maybe you know he, he's going to bounce back and um, from from what he had he went through this this past year and and um, be uh, productive for years. But uh, you know to invest that heavily in uh, in a player and and have that much you know the, you know those kind of hopes for a potential uh, perennial All Star. Um, I, I imagine uh, Brian has to be, you know, fairly discouraged uh, with that. But uh, maybe maybe we'll see good things from from Strasburg again soon. Yeah, I mean, to add to that, he invested heavily, um, but he also covered his bases. Sure, he did. Uh, he had the top four picks last year, and like I tell you or anyone, if you're looking to you know rebuild a team and and Turn it into studs. I mean, copy Brian. Uh, I think he's going to be right there this year. Because um, he got Ackley. He got um, Matzik, I believe. And uh, and Chapman as well. So, while you want to think um, Strasburg can come back, um, I, I think he did real well with 2, 3, and 4 as well. Let's, uh, let's take a quick look at uh, some of the later round picks that uh, a few teams um, man these guys just huge value um, I'm gonna look at let's say third round and later um, so this past year a guy like uh, Luke Gregerson was taken by the damage um, I gotta be honest with you I never heard of him um, <laughs> turns out it turns out I'm not very good at drafting I was looking back at these drafts None of my players are any good, so. Uh, didn't you, didn't you draft uh, Tim Lincecum? Yeah, Lincecum and Gallardo back in the day, sure. Okay, so. That... But th 
You got you got you got one years. standout guy. Past <laughs> <laughs> couple years, it's been nothing. But he drafts Gregerson. He comes in and he's dominating the setup role. Um, dealt him away because you know there's a chance he could be a closer. The Rockets uh, took Colby Lewis this year. Uh, I think he he may have reached 200 innings uh, with the Rangers. That was extreme value at, at the third pick in the fourth round. The Wu uh, grabbed Jaime Garcia with the sixth pick in the fourth round uh, this past year. Put up some real nice numbers, and um, I know John's not looking to part with him anytime soon. <laughs> um, back in 2008, I'm going to go to eight. With the fourth pick in the third round, a guy like Matt Latos, the damage took. Yeah. I mean, that turned out pretty good. Uh, I want to look for the bigger names here. I got a, I got a bunch here. We go through all of them. How about 2009 with the uh, 13th pick in the eighth round, Jorge De La Rosa. I think the Rebels did pretty, pretty good with that oh, one. Oh wow, yeah, and that was a, that was a good reach. Uh, and then sure. we'll give a shout out to, uh, to Scotty. The Generals took Trevor Cahill with the 13th pick in the fourth round in 08. Um, He's going to be a good one for quite some time. I think the biggest bargain, and uh, I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon, is when the Nuts in 08 took uh, Feliz uh, for Texas. First pick in the sixth round. So, I mean, if you're looking at drafts, there's definitely value out there. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Just takes the research. Yeah. I mean, I just started researching again. Um, our year end ended. I'm addicted again. I can't stop reading about these guys. Yes, I've I'll been researching for run. about six months. <laughs> Good luck. I, I have a lot hinging on this draft. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you you had last time you had a real high pick. What was this? This is the last time I had the last time I had a. Uh, actually, I think the last time I had a first round pick was in 08, and I took. Uh, Cueto, Johnny Cueto. I maybe I'm forgetting a yep. first rounder um, in '09. I, I don't. Nothing sticks out to me. But uh, I, and I, the year before that, '07. I want to tell you I took um, Jay Bruce first overall. But, yeah, you can. Uh, you could. You could pick him, um, as they say. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I pretty much dealt out of, out of the last couple drafts but it you know it was it was time to hop back in with both feet this year so or next year yeah yeah the last little thing i'll mention um in terms of the draft this this echoes kind of what's going on with the damage and how, how they're going to turn into a dynasty i mean you've got the next level of talent coming up and and where they were drafted at uh damage has mike mustakas um who they drafted um in 08 fourth pick in the first round um, also, they have uh, possibly one of the one of the top two, three catchers in in the minor leagues. Uh, Will Myers, Kansas City, took him with the 14th pick in the fourth round in last year. Hmm. Um, so they have two of the key guys I'm looking at to step up um, soon. Uh, there's other guys that were taken with value. Grant Green by the Aggies. I like the Aggies draft uh, the past couple years, but. Um, Sadly, uh, they will not be drafting. No, this is true. Here's here's the last one I'll give you, Scotty. I know we're probably boring. 
our massive audience. <laughs> this past year, uh, I think we all missed on this guy. I think everyone in, I don't know, baseball missed on this guy. Uh, epidemic, 14th pick in a fifth round, Mike Trout. Yeah, that was a very, um, <laughs> very uh, heads up pick there for, for Matt and the Epidemic. And just goes to show you, Art, those fourth and fifth round picks are not worthless after all. I'm just saying. Yeah. I would draft all day if I could. I love the draft. Um, I've told you numerous times we need to expand our minor league rosters. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I really, I, I, I do think that, you know, fourth and fifth round picks in this league are vastly undervalued. You know, you, you look at some mm -hmm. of the value that you can, you know, mine out of, you know, those late picks, and you just, it, we're looking at it right here, and it's just, um, it's astounding. You know, some of these guys are up and, and are, are heavy contributors to their major league clubs and are, are very solid fantasy players. So... Just something to think about. Okay, Johnny, uh, let's transition to the Black Diamond Basketball Association. The BDBA's second year is fully underway. Uh, what are we, six weeks in, I believe. And we're going to go over some in-season report cards right now, a little bit of just a general discussion. Uh, just kind of one question I have for you right off is, how are you liking the, the strategy of the salaries and, and contracts format that we implemented? I like it. Um, it's probably because I was ultra conservative with my drafting and I've got a lot of like a lot of contracts coming off the book books next year yeah um, but I think it, it really forces you um, to focus on a draft focused on um, your core players uh, there's not a lot of turnover in this league um, I'm very excited uh, I got to give one quick shout out um, to Joachim Noah's arc uh, Looking for a victory against the Cobras. We're four and four this week, baby. <laughs> no chance. I don't know. Okay. Um, I I, but I yeah. like the league. I like the format. <laughs> I'm still trying to get used to basketball. is is new to me, but I'm I'm loving it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, kind of the idea with the the reboot of the BDBA and um, the establishment of the BDFL was to, you know, kind of give the Black Diamond Network of Fantasy Sports some some varied um, formats to to enjoy. You know, the, the, the BDL is, you know, is a very in-depth, you know, um, minor league-driven, uh, league, very obsessive league. And the other two leagues are, are very, very different in their own rights. And that, that was kind of the goal, just to provide different playing experiences in, in different sports, you know, with the BDFL, you got that, you know, unique keeper system that uh, basically, you know, almost reboots the league every year, but but not quite. You know, it, it rewards that research and those smart waiver picks and smart draft picks just enough to where you you have a lot of, you know, you have that lasting, you know, sense of uh, of accomplishment there. And and of course, with the BDBA, I, I'm having a real ball with it. I really am because you you know, this is personally, it's it's my first time playing in a salaries in contracts league and the the, the strategy involved is just it, it's really mind-numbing and it's almost overwhelming at, at, at times and uh, just you know just thinking ahead to you know the moves that you need to make next year and the year after and the year after as you're looking at these contracts and and trying to strategize for three years ahead is you know you do the same thing in the BDL you know with you know 
cultivating your, your your minor leaguers, but but it's different. You know, it's the same. It's the same, but it's different. You're, it's a different set of you know, it's a different rule structure when it comes to you know uh, bidding on these free agents, and it's going to be really fun this coming summer when that really gets in full swing. I, I think when, when we're really <laughs> fighting each other for these free agents and, and outbidding, and and some teams are overspending and, and others are uh, spinning very wisely and we'll look at that in just a few minutes but yeah i'm, I'm having a, a, a blast with it myself also really it really uh i don't want to say hampers but it, it kind of limits what you can do with with trades i mean you you really got to match up contract wise it's very um real in that sense yeah um, that's one of the things i like most about it well j just to take a quick look at you know, at, at the in-season uh, um standings and, and, and what we're um, currently looking at the Cobras the mighty Cobras do top the league at a record of 29 and 11 it's a 725 winning percentage and I might add they have done so without Carlos Boozer and Andrew Bynum uh, who who actually Boozer came back just this week uh, Wednesday or Thursday I don't recall but just this week so uh, looking for good things uh, or, or more good things from the Cobras this week provided they can actually get by the lowly arcs. The UFAs, the undrafted free agents, lead the Eastern Conference 26, 12, and 2. That's a winning percentage of 675. And they're doing it with old farts like Jason Kidd, Manu Ginobili, Kevin Garnett, but they're getting it done. Um, if the UFAs can stay healthy, they're really going to make a lot of noise um, come playoff time, I believe. Now, whether they can, that's another question. I don't think uh, Manu, for one, has has played a full season's worth of games in three or four years. Um, and it's always a question with Garnett. He missed several games last year as well. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. The top of each conference is actually looking very, very strong. Uh, the Reamers join the Cobras at the top of the West. And the UFAs and the Hickory Woo look poised to probably black each other each other's eyes all season in route to an epic race for the east crown at least that's that's how i see this playing down um, one surprise team and i i don't know if it's fair to call them a surprise team would be the reamers i i think the reamers are playing better than expected at least better than i expected um, this is despite having already played the Cobras and the Woo, two very strong teams. Um, the Reamers rank fourth overall in the standings right now. And actually, they beat the Woo in week five. That was a score of 5-3. Furthermore, the Reamers are first in the breakdown rankings. First. They're second in the power ranking, losing only to the Woo in the breakdown. Um, that's just by a slim margin of 19, 20, and one tie. Now, of course, the big questions for the Reamers going forward are, can they sustain this pace with Brandon Roy's lingering knee injury, which seems to be uh, giving him a, a constant problem, as well as uncertainty surrounding um, some reserves, namely J.R. Smith's playing time in Denver. Um, you know, the, the Carmelo Anthony situation is still unresolved in Denver, and, and that would go a long way to uh, toward letting the Reamers know what they can expect from J.R. Smith um, who is on a three-year contract there for the Reamers, actually. Um, if if Melo is ultimately dealt to 
I don't know where he may end up going, New York or Orlando, someplace uh, of that nature, then you would have to believe that J.R. Smith's fantasy value is going to skyrocket immediately because, uh, you know, George, George Carl couldn't really afford to keep him on the bench as he has for much of the season if that were to happen. Uh, that would be a big boost to the Reamers, and they're already playing well, so um, a lot to look forward to there. And It is worth noting that with Brandon Roy's problems, his knee injury, Roy was actually taken in the fifth round of the uh, free agency draft, so not a not a huge investment for the Reamers anyway. And he's only on a one-year contract, so if those problems do linger, um, you know we'll probably see the Reamers um, opt to 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 not uh, chase him back down once once free agency begins uh, in July. Johnny, any particular thoughts on 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 the East or the Western Conference so far? Well, I'm. Um I'd like to follow back up on the UFAs sure. uh, with Michael. Um, you talked about a lot of the older players, and I looked at all three of them in the draft. It's just coming in. I, it was hard for me to gauge um, what they're going to do this year, what they're going to do in the future. Um, I'll be very interested to see how they uh, affect his team down the stretch. and um, Specifically because... Basketball is his sport. That's that's what he says all the time. Um, you know, I'm not judging him, um, but in in the other sports, you know, I don't know baseball, I don't know football. Oh, I know basketball. So, um, I'd like to see him um, stay on top, see what he's got, and um, I'm really surprised by the woo. I think uh, the one player the woo has that. Uh, I just I should have I should have taken was OJ Mayo and I'm like, you know, I know he's gonna I know this kid's gonna you know be something but coming in the first year uh, I'm still getting my feet wet here. Yeah, uh, it's very it's very interesting to see the moves everyone's make making and um, I'm I'm impressed by your squad. Um, I think you've you've got a pretty good shot to keep it going uh, for the rest of the season. To be honest. I've got I've got a, a little note on OJ Mayo as we get uh, a little further down here, but uh, uh, just, just going back to the UFAs for a second. I mean, it's important to remind everyone in, in case you you've forgotten or you weren't around in this league last year. You know, Mike and his UFAs. You know that 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 is our defending BDBA champion. Uh, Mike does he he knows his hoops. There's there's no doubt about that. And I certainly didn't mean to give the impression that uh, his team was built around um, you know, a bunch of old players. He you know it, it is a very balanced squad. Um, he, he has some youthful guys that he's invested in, um, but you know, s you know, some of his more productive guys this season are on the older side, and you 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 know you kind of have to uh, examine that as as we go along and and, and see how that holds up. Um, I have very little doubt that he'll be there in the end somewhere, uh, certainly within the top four teams, but um, uh, we'll just have to. Keep an eye on that situation and uh, and see where it goes. But I, I think the East is is impossible to call at this point. The UFAs and the Woo are are so close, uh, in, in my opinion, and that's going to be a very fun race to watch. Now, there is one other surprise team uh, for a different reason than the, than the Reamers, unfortunately, and that is the the Warriors, the GS Warriors. And I am just perplexed. Um, you look at the standings, the Warriors have six total wins through five weeks of play. 
I'm not sure how you do that in a 10-team league. <laughs> um, I, 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 I am not saying that to pick on, um, to pick on them at all. Uh, it, it, I, I'm just perplexed by it. I don't, I don't understand really. I, you know, I, I made a few notes here. I got a few possibilities and, and what you know we can point to. But um, you know, Dwayne Wade has struggled with with you know being limited with some injuries this this year. Um, he has missed a little bit of time. Um, but you know, the squad has otherwise been pretty much as as healthy or or as not healthy as as most teams. Um, you know, they currently have Okur and, and uh, I don't even know how to pronounce this fellow's name, Gerberko on the, uh, on the IR. Um, but that's it. You know, some dings along the way, but we all have. And I don't think that's really something you can blame for six wins. Uh, they have had a kind of a tough schedule so far. Um, they've played two of the league's top three teams already, the UFAs and the WU. Um Really, one thing that I, I look at is simple underperformance. Um, they have one player, one player, Rajon Rondo, in the top 30 in in, in terms of, of CBS's fantasy rankings uh, year to date right now for this season. One player. In fact, they only have three players ranked in the top 60. Dwayne Wade is at 32, and Paul Pierce is at 39. Now, Lord knows that is not the idea he had when he made his draft selections earlier this year. Um, so that that's something that, that I, I'm looking at strongly when I'm considering these six meager wins that, that the Warriors have picked up. Yeah, I'm surprised that my team isn't at the bottom right now. I, I think... <laughs> The only thing I can add when looking at his team, he's got a lot of guys that it seems like they're they only do one thing. I mean, you you mentioned Wade. Uh, I know he does everything, but you know he's kind of struggled here and there. A uh, few injuries, but but outside of like Rondo, who's going to get him assists? You know, he's got guys that score but don't do anything else. And then um, who's going to get him rebounds outside of Zach Randolph at this point, and maybe Tyson Chandler? So. I don't know. I, well, I mean, it you speaks know, to your point with the player raider. Yeah, it's just not a whole lot of guys that are well-rounded and, and quality players. It's just discouraging uh, for him. I'm sure has to be. You know, you look at the standings and and not, not even six weeks in, uh, six full weeks in, 21 games behind in the standings. And um, uh, you know, I, I don't. He's not gonna. He's not gonna climb out of that hole for the playoffs this year. It's just not gonna happen. Um, but um, I don't know. Maybe maybe luck will be on his side, and, and he'll turn things around and, and at least uh, make a respectable season out of, out of this this year. And, and I hope that uh, he can pull that off. But um, yeah, I mean, bad times right now for for uh, for the Warriors, and uh, it's unfortunate. But uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, Johnny, I am so impressed by the Hickory Woo. Uh, they have a Stroke of magic, apparently. Um, let's discuss how how Hickory is a top three team in this league, top three, while having the third lowest league payroll. Third lowest. They've spent eighty three million 
only the ARCs and working on it have lower payrolls in, in, in the league. And frankly, they're both struggling mightily right now. But the Woo has managed, no offense, the Woo has managed to do it by spending $83 million. How, you say, has that happened? Well, I'll tell you how. Smart drafting. You look at that draft board right now, and you can see that the Wu had such a clear strategy uh, in mind when making those picks, and it has paid off. First of all, they passed on the Stephen Curry hype to take a defensive anchor with their first-round pick in Dwight Howard. And here's the, here's the O.J. Mayo note that I mentioned a few minutes ago. The Wu didn't draft a guard until round four, and that was Mayo. That's, that's, yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I, I'm looking back at my draft, and I took uh, Chris Paul in the first round, and Steve Nash, I think, in the second. Well, I mean, you have to take Chris Paul third, in the first round. That's, third. that's, you know, that's a no-brainer. But, you know, to, to go three, in, in fantasy hoops, to go three rounds, the first three rounds, without taking a guard, and still making this work, it's impressive. I think it's very impressive. But he, here's the thing that gets me, and I'm, I'm still kicking myself over this one. The Wu stole, I mean stole, Blake Griffin in the eighth round. The 72nd overall pick in that draft, they took Blake Griffin. What's he doing right now? For the season, he's averaging 21 points, 11 and a half boards, and half a block. His last several games, I think this is his last five or six games average, 27 points, almost 14 boards, over four assists, and a block. He's a fantasy stud. 72nd pick. Smart drafting. The Wu are, are they are very smart drafters. And, and it's paying off in this league uh, tenfold. They, I mean, they currently set second in the Eastern Conference, but they're only two games behind, and they're in spectacular shape. Um, as a matter of fact, the Wu own six of the top 20 players in fantasy. Six of the top 20, according to the CBS ranks. That's Josh Smith, Rudy Gay, Wilson Chandler, Dwight Howard, Mike Conley, and Brandon Jennings. And then your solid role players after that, starting with Griffin. And you, you, you look at that draft, and you know there were, a, there were, there were several very trendy picks at, at, at number 12 where the Wu opted, opted to take Josh Smith, a very safe fantasy bet, Josh Smith. He could have taken Rondo, passed. Could have taken Russell Westbrook, passed. Could have even taken Pau Gasol. And with the uncertainty surrounding Kobe's knee going into the season, you know, that would have been a, a, a good pick at that past. Josh Smith currently ranks number two overall in head-to-head -head fantasy points in our league. Smart picks. John Aikman knows what he's doing. Young athletes, young studs, let them run. Yeah, very, very impressive. Very impressive, Pickery, I think. 
Let me ask you a question. I know we, we didn't talk about this beforehand, but um, you ran down the, this roster, these these great picks by the Wu. The team I've been staring at, you know, I'm looking at the future. I'm looking at, you know, who I want to model myself after. And, and I look at Big Kev's team, so fresh and so clean, right? <laughs> let me let me, let me me give you a few names, okay? Kevin Durant, John Wall, Luis Scola, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Love, you know, like who's got the better core going forward? Well, I know, I know, uh, fresh and clean, they're not doing so hot in the standings right now, but I take any number of those. Yeah, players. I mean that's you know that that that's obviously a different discussion. Who has the better core, and you, you know may well lean toward so fresh and so clean in that debate. Um, but one thing is for sure, they're set up well, you know, uh, for the future right now. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, so I don't know exactly what the contract lengths are for those particular players you mentioned. I think Durant is on a three-year deal, if my memory Durant's three years. John Wall is three years. Wow. Uh, three years at $5 million Wow. For, for John Wall. To ha- yeah. Kevin Love is three years, I believe. Okay. Well, that, 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 that that's obviously what he was gunning for then, that uh, – those particular long-term contracts with those those high-end young high-end players and uh, uh, it's it's an excellent core, uh, no doubt about it. And that that speaks even more so to the the depth of the Eastern Conference. Uh, you know, with the UFAs there on top and the Wu, which we've just gone over, right behind him and and so fresh and so clean. You know, and the arcs. Yeah, <laughs> the arcs. <laughs> They're not getting my cobras, but uh, yeah. Um, the, the East can be deep. I, I think especially going forward next year, uh, once the Arcs have a little better grasp on um, what their strategy is, and they're going to have a lot of money. I think the Arcs have the second most money to spend right now in the offseason, if I'm not mistaken, um, on free agents. Um, you, know, you, you put that together with, with the uh, teams that, that already exist for the UFAs and the Wu. And what's so fresh and so clean has coming up in terms of um, you know the the, the, uh, the long-term viability of those players there, and the East is going to be very deep and very tough uh, to win, probably as soon as next year, and maybe as soon as this year. Um, we'll just have to see. And the, the the West is a different story. I think you have two very very good teams at the top, and I, I you know I don't want to write off. Um, the you know the other three teams just yet, uh, you know they haven't displayed the kind of consistency that the Cobras and Reamers have, and in fact they're not that much further behind. Um, me and my nine bitches are behind the Reamers by what three and a half games if I'm looking at that correctly. So and there's not a large disparity, and, and the Bandits are right there too, and and uh, the work working on it was leading the uh, the conference what two weeks ago, and he's he's in the basement now, but. Uh, it's just it's more of a mixed bag in in the West right now. The East is is much clearer, I think, as far as the direction and, and what you're going to see in the next few years, or or I shouldn't say next few years, but next at least the next you know one or two years. So very interesting to watch for sure. Johnny, uh, we've had <laughs> gosh, we've had several uh, newcomers to the Black Diamond Fantasy Sports Network in the past several months. And we want to make sure before we uh, go off the air today to to give them a a proper shout out and and um, I guess we'll start with 
the the, uh, the, the BDL's Boston Double Downs uh, brought into the league to replace the Newmarket Nats. Mr. Um, and I, forgive me if I pronounce your uh, name incorrectly, but uh, Kevin Moschella um, stepped in to, to replace Don uh, a few months ago, and uh, we're glad to have you around and came very highly recommended. And Johnny, you too have uh, kind of helped bring a couple guys into the fold here in the last several months. Yeah, I mean, uh, first Mike Owens, uh, new manager, replacing the Aggies manager. Um, he, he takes over the Crystal River Mavericks. Um, really, I think he's trying to, to win now, uh, from what it appears. Um, I, I like his aggressiveness. Um, already traded away Jose Reyes, you know. Um, very happy he's in the league. Uh, we became good friends, uh, worked together, um, and he's since moved on uh, to another company. Another guy I work with, and uh, like I mentioned, uh, we play kickball together. Um, uh, very deep into fantasy, likes to put together, um, you know, a weekly power rankings for our football league. And um, yeah, Chris Wallison has some big, 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 big shoes to fill, uh, <laughs> replacing uh, replacing Earn. Uh, but he takes over the Milwaukee Beers, and uh, he's he's getting excited. He's he's doing his draft research. Um, so those two guys, uh, I'm proud to have bring to the league. Uh, take it easy on them and and give them hell. Yeah. And um, one other uh, new guy, Scotty. Yeah, uh, Neil Dowling um, joined our ranks as well. Um, he's the only fellow not to join the uh, the BDL, but he he actually joined two of our leagues. Um, he is in charge of the BDBA's Reamers and the BDFL's Pillagers. Um, both squads are really. Tearing up Jack in, in each league right now, and and um, he he has proven to be a, a very solid addition. I actually played with uh, with Neil, uh, code name Rough, for those of you who may not know, uh, in another basketball league for a couple years uh, prior to him joining um, joining uh, those two leagues, uh, our, our two leagues here. And he's a really solid guy, and uh, I'm just so happy to have him around. I think his uh, sense of humor is is uh, really off the charts and and he's he's a he's kind of a wacky personality and he just uh, I think he has a lot of life and flavor to uh, to whatever he's involved with and uh, just really happy to have him around yeah man I would put him on notice I mean if he's interested uh, not that I want another BDL manager gone because we've had some turnover recently but you know if if there ever a spot opens up I mean he's been on the boards uh, talking he's put together good teams um, He's been, I think, more uh, put himself out there more than the other three combined. Probably nothing against them, but I mean, he's out. He's out there and he's doing it, and I, I think uh, he'd definitely be worthy of a spot. Absolutely, uh, it's good to have you board, guys. We really appreciate um, all four of you for stepping in, and I know it can be so intimidating to kind of be thrown into a, a fantasy community that has not only so many, um, you know, entrenched guys that have been here for so many years. But um, just just that's so large to begin with, and you know, th three different leagues and so many different guys, and and yeah, I know it can be a little bit intimidating, but um, um, I'm sure that all of you will do a great job. At least I hope so. And uh, it's going to be interesting to watch how the uh, double downs um, uh, take course with the, the former Nat squad there that had kind of been floundering for a few years, and, and it'll be very interesting to see. Um, what the beers do uh, with the the uh, legendary squad that they inherited 
in the Helsinki Falcons, and uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it is. It, it can be. It can be intense, but inside we're little cuddle buckets, cuddle buckets of love, <laughs> and uh, we're we're all here for you. Some of us like NASCAR, which is weird. Some of us like, uh, you know, Jim Beam and Jack, and uh, some of us like, uh, you know, frozen pizzas. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, you couldn't be part of a better league. Absolutely, Johnny, my friend. I think we are approaching about an hour and twenty minutes or so on this edition of TMO. I'm going to head to the house, my friend, and pop in Modern Warfare and ignore my wife and my children and have a ball. <laughs> but uh, yeah. No, seriously, thank you guys for joining us today. Uh, we know we've been away for a little while, about six months, and, and hopefully we can uh, get back to doing these at a, at a more regular pace. And uh, it's always fun uh, to hook up with my uh, with my bud there in Philly to, to do these, Johnny, and I appreciate you coming on again. And and uh, we will see you guys as soon as possible. You've been listening to Two Men On. We're out. I came to, I came play. to play. There's a price to pay. Tough for you to get down on your knees. I I came to play. Play.